welcome to Life Matters. I'm your host, Brendan O'Connell. Well, we're on a topic of uh, fertility and infertility, and uh, a lot of folks these days have trouble conceiving a child. And we have with us someone who is involved with the Billings method. Mm -hmm. Billings, what is it? Ovulation method. The Billings ovulation method, who has driven down all the way from Canada <laughs> to be on the show. So it's a, a pleasure, and we're really honored to have her. And uh, I just want to give you a little bit of background about her. And Belanger, is that correct? How yes. do you say it in the French? Belanger. Belanger is a fertility educator and teacher trainer of the Billings Ovulation Method of Natural Fertility Management with the Natural Family Planning Association of Ontario, an affiliate of Womb Canada, which is an affiliate of Womb International Limited. She has been an accredited teacher of the Billings Ovulation Method since 1995 and has trained and updated the association teachers since 2003. So welcome Anne, nice Thank to you. have you. Thank you very first much of, for having me. First of all, could you tell us what is the Billings Ovulation Method? Yes, um, the Billings Ovulation Method is a system of fertility management that was developed by doctors John and Lynn Billings from Melbourne, Australia back in 1953. So this year we're actually celebrating our 70th anniversary of becoming teachers of excellence in the Billings Ovulation Method. So Dr. John and Lynn Billings worked on understanding cervical secretions in the woman's body so that they would be able to apply strategies to assist the woman to become pregnant when she wanted to or to avoid pregnancy when she didn't. A subsequent um, benefit of this method is that it also allowed women to understand and see if there might be some medical abnormalities that needed to be uh, taken care of or looked into. So while they were developing the strategies to help women to conceive or not conceive, they were also seeing the result of women being able to remain healthy. Or if they weren't healthy, they were recognizing it more quickly, and then they were able to bring that information to their doctor and have those issues looked at. So it's really been a blessing and a development since 1953. And, uh, you know, the, this day and age, we have so much uh, contraception mm -hmm. which uh, w what's the difference between the Billings ovulation method which looks at fertility mm -hmm. and also uh, pl spacing if you mm -hmm. don't want to become pregnant mm -hmm. versus contraception how are they different so that's an interesting question contraception is a word that was formed from Latin from the Latin language contra meaning against inception being related to life. So the premise of contraception is that it, it is a technique or an interruption that prevents life from occurring. When a woman understands her natural fertility, she is in a position where she can make use of that information to conceive a child or to refrain from conceiving a child by abstaining from genital contact 
during her fertile period. This means that she's not actually introducing or contravening anything that's natural. She's just made the conscious decision to refrain from engaging in sexual intercourse while she's fertile if she's decided that this is not the right time for her to conceive a child. And that in its essence is a practice of self-mastery and self-discipline and it allows her to remain in um, I want to say in accord with her body. So she's not transgressing it in any way. She's really just uh, allowing her body to follow along its natural course and not availing herself of conceiving at that time. Consequently, opposite to that, if she feels it is the right time to conceive, then she knows exactly when would be the most appropriate time to engage in sexual intercourse to facilitate the conception of a new life. And when is it during the entire, we'll call it a menstrual cycle, maybe it's a month or 28 or 27 days, uh, when is the most fertile time during that period, that menstrual period, or the 30 days? Or right. Well, that's, that's a very good question, Brendan. Thank you. Um, in our day and age, we've been taught to think that a, a regular length cycle is 28 days. Um, a lot of that has to do with what you had mentioned just a moment ago with contraception. When the um, contraceptive pill became more and more prevalent in society, it was designed to regulate a woman's fertility on a 28-day cycle. And so it became the standard or the norm that women were expected to, to always have her, their menstruation at that time. Prior to the Billings ovulation method, if we go all the way back to mm, the 1920s, 1930s, women were told that their bodies have natural rhythm in their cycles, in their menstrual cycles, and in their fertility cycles. And if they followed what they called back then, the rhythm method, they would be able to uh, avoid becoming pregnant if they didn't want to, or become pregnant if they did want to. But the difficulty with that is that every woman has her own natural rhythm. And what we know today as being a natural cycle is anywhere between 24 and 35 days long. So with the strategies that are embedded within the, the, the Billings ovulation method of natural fertility regulation, those strategies help a woman track when she starts to become fertile. And by doing that, she's able then to gauge her fertile days and know when those fertile days have finished. And so that's the difference from her having to be regulated on 28 days to now her being able to determine when she's entered into fertility. And that could be at 28 days. It could be at 30 days. It could be at 32 days. It could be at 26 days. But she is able to follow that 
and then apply the guidelines and rules appropriately. Now, I've heard that you can use a thermometer to figure out uh, what, uh, if you're fertile or not. Is that still the case, or are there other ways you can figure out you're fertile? Well, that, that's an interesting point, because when the billings, of, they researched all of the strategies that they've put into um, this method, when they were doing the research on the method with their team and on women's fertility, the temperature method was already being used and it had already been recognized as a tool that can allow a woman to see when she has ovulated. And so the temperature w was recorded and the woman was able to tell that now ovulation had finished and she was no longer fertile. The Billings actually used the temperature method in their studies to help them develop the Billings ovulation method. But once the method was recognized that the cervical secretion itself was the indicator as to when a woman entered into fertility, which was something that the thermometer could not do. Mm -hmm. uh, they realized that basing the method on the fertility and its presence is really the key as to when a woman enters into her own fertility. Mm -hmm. I see. And uh, so are people excited to know this or how does that change a couple's relationship? Would you say if you know that uh, your wife would say, well, I'm not entering my fertile period, so yes, we can have sexual intercourse. Or if they want a child, I'm entering my fertile period. How has it changed the dynamic of uh, right. either boyfriend, girlfriend, right, or right, uh, right, husband, right, wife? Right, so when a couple has chosen to employ natural family planning and, and in this case the Billings ovulation method to their day-to-day -day lives, they are always in the position of knowing whether or not an act of intercourse could bring about a pregnancy. So they're able to discuss that every month. Every time a woman becomes pregnant, or I'm sorry, she, whether she wants to become pregnant or not, every time she enters into her fertile time, they have that opportunity to discuss that they do want to conceive a child or that this isn't the right time to conceive a child. And so it causes a conversation to be happening all the time rather than a woman deciding to use a contraception and then never really thinking about it until months or years down the line and deciding to have a child at some point. She's now graced with the opportunity to decide that each time, each cycle, does she and her partner want to have a child? And if they do, then they can apply the guidelines of the Billings ovulation method to help them conceive, and if they don't, then they know that this is the time where they're going to abstain for that amount of uh, fertility days until the f her fertility has ended. 
And uh, I've had Dr. Joel Brind on this show several mm -hmm. times, and really the, the, one of the misnomers uh, is that people refer to them as hormonal contraceptives, and that's not the case at all. They're steroidal. They're steroids. Women are taking steroids, which, you know, right. they've been outlawed in baseball and football. Right. And <laughs> right. Uh, do steroids have an adverse effect on, on either the woman's cycle or on her body in general? And does that come into a right. play with... Uh, so it, it certainly does. And I, I know Dr. Joel Brind very well. Uh -huh. um, uh, when a woman is on a contraceptive like that, and yes, they are termed hormonal, um, even though that's not exactly the proper term for them. Not the proper term. Um, it causes a chemical reaction in her reproductive organs to occur. And so that chemical reaction can, in, in, in some cases, cause such damage that a woman is not able to conceive later in life. In some women, it's not as drastic as that. It may be that the damage that's done through the hormonal contraceptive will only last a few months or, or several months, but not a whole year. Her body recovers and then she's able to conceive later. Um, but every woman's body re responds to those chemicals, those steroids that Dr. J uh, Brind mentioned um, a little bit differently, but they all work in the same way. They all work to damage the mucus crypts. And in order to conceive, a woman needs her mucus crypts to be producing the cervical secretion that's necessary for the sperm to be able to reach the egg the ovum, to in, or, in order for the sperm to actually facilitate fertilization and to encompass the area where the ovum is, that sperm needs cervical secretion. So if the woman's body is not producing it, and very often that could be due to the presence of hormonal contraception, uh, there is not the opportunity for her to be able to have conception occur. And um, during a, a menstrual period, how many days in the month does it, does that differ amongst women? Uh, and how many days during the month, roughly? And right. then also tangentially on either end of the, the, those fertile days, are there partial fertile days where they're getting to become fertile? In other words, right. could it be like three days is expanded to seven or eight? Yeah, it could be. And if you'll allow me to, to show you, I will um, show you on this, on this little diagram that I have here. Let me just turn it around for your audience. This is what we call the slide rule. So we use this in our teaching. Um, of, of the women and the couples who come to us to learn the Billings ovulation method. So let me, let me see if I can show you here, Brendan. This block of time here indicates several days, maybe four to six days. 
That's the same with this block here, this white block. This indicates a woman's fertility, which typically lasts four to six days as well. What varies is the amount of time between when she menstruates to when she begins her fertile phase. Hmm. This is her pre-ovulatory fertile phase here. It could be as many as 10 days. For a woman who's breastfeeding, it may be months and months and months and months before she actually ovulates again. Oh, okay. Okay, so she may be remaining in this pre-ovulatory phase while she's breastfeeding her baby and while the prolactin and oxytocin hormones are high. Those are the hormones that are connected to a woman's breast milk. So when those hormones are present in her body, the hormones that are related to her fertility phase are suppressed. So that's why this section may last very long. So that's during breastfeeding? That's during breastfeeding. Now mm -hmm. every month a woman is going to have some time, typically, between her menstruation and the start of her fertile phase. Sometimes that's shortened quite a bit and she only has a day or two. Sometimes she has no days. Sometimes mm -hmm. she bleeds and as her bleeding is ending, she's now entering into fertility. That would account for a very short cycle. I had mentioned how they could be 24 days, but mm -hmm. still normal, still healthy. But that would be typically a woman who has had her days of menstruation and then moved into her days of fertility. That then is followed by her luteal phase. And now her luteal phase is typically 11 to 16 days long as well, but it could vary. It could be a little bit shorter, it could be a little bit longer, but 11 to 16 is generally what we call it, healthy. What do you mean by the word luteal? So, that's a good question. The luteal phase is the second half of her menstrual cycle. It takes place in here, and it's called luteal phase because it is in place and it occurs because of the presence of the corpus luteum. Now this is getting a little bit more technical, but the corpus luteum is similar to, let's say you wanted to crack an egg and, and, and fry an egg in a pan. And when you crack the egg, the egg and the egg white go into the pan, but then you're left with the shell. And that goes in the garbage or the compost or wherever that goes. When a woman ovulates, her ovum leaves her ovary, and I'll just show you here, that's taking place somewhere in this part of her cycle. And when that happens, the ovum needs to burst out of its shell. And so that shell, which is left inside the ovary, is then transformed into the corpus luteum. Now what this does is that corpus luteum, which is Latin again, it means yellow body, what that corpus luteum does is it provides a progesterone in a woman's body. And it does that for the purpose of supporting the life of the embryo that the body is now anticipating will be coming. See, a woman's body and her brain work together. And 
Each month when a woman ovulates, her brain is anticipating now that she's going to conceive. And it's during this luteal phase that the brain is waiting to get a message from that little embryo implanting inside the endometrium, inside the uterus. When that occurs, then the brain knows to keep the hormone levels high, the progesterone levels high, because now there's a pregnancy. When that doesn't happen, and the brain doesn't get that message from the implantation of that embryo in the endometrium, then the brain recognizes it no longer needs to keep the progesterone and estrogen levels high, and they start to fall. And then as they fall, the woman prepares to menstruate again. And so the cycle repeats itself, and the menstruation is actually like the end part of her cycle. It's, it's actually a result of the fact that the woman has ovulated. And so she starts all over again. The menstruation occurs, the body is quiet, the brain goes through a selection of eggs to determine which egg is going to be matured enough and prepared for ovulation. Then that egg, that ovum gets prepared for ovulation. Ovulation occurs, and now the brain is anticipating to receive that signal uh, that the conception has occurred and that embryo has implanted. And if it doesn't get that signal, then the hormones drop and the woman prepares to menstruate again. So it, what, uh, how much success, I guess, has uh, the Billings ovulation model had? Do you have any uh, yeah. stats as it's, far it's, as... It's, um, it has very high success. Um, now that we have currently 55 different national organizations throughout the world, they're all underneath the umbrella of Womb International. And Womb International makes sure that they're all um, teaching the authentic method, but all of the information that returns from these different centers is uh, statistics and uh, results of either achieving pregnancy or avoiding pregnancy when it isn't the, the time for them to do that, to, re, to have another baby. So we have studies from China, um, we have China studies from India, we have studies from um, Australia, New Zealand, Ireland, Many of these countries have Brazil. They've, many of them have made um, studies on women who have um, either wanted to conceive or not conceive, and it's always been very positive. So to give you an example, if we were, if we were to take all of those studies and uh, get an average for them, the average amount would be somewhere between 98.5 to 99%. That's how, that's how uh, effective this method has been at helping women to postpone uh, or avoid pregnancy at the time that, that 
they are um, in this study. And, and consequently, I was going to say in terms of pregnancy, um, even for women who are suffering with subfertile conditions, so they've been through IVF or they've, they've been trying to conceive for a couple of years and not been able to, um, they've had some health issues that have been interfering with their fertility. Even those women, once they have applied the method and they understand how the method works, their results have been as high as 78%. Wow, that's really something. Yeah. Do you know our time has come to an end, unfortunately, but uh, I like, just so wanted to ask you yourself, have, yeah. have you ever been pregnant and uh, do you have any children? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. My husband and I have nine children and I've been pregnant actually 13 times. I have um, lost some of the pregnant in, um, in miscarriages, um, but we've used the method to either conceive or uh, postpone conceiving for our next, yeah, our next child. Well, Ann, we want to thank you yeah. very much for coming all the way from Canada to be on the show, and I think people will learn a lot by watching the show. And folks, we hope you found today's show to be unique, informative, content-rich, truthful, and thought-provoking. Thanks for watching and listening. My name is Brendan O'Connell, your friend for life. <laughs>